Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to Slam Fire Radio. This is episode 393 for February 25th, 2021. I'm one of your hosts, Adriel. I'm another one of your hosts, Kelly. That's it. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. That's the solace. It's uh, too nice outside now. Everyone's out shooting. Oh my God. Yeah. Hey. Onto the range. It was so busy. Up. It's been like minus 40 for every weekend. Finally, it was a a nice weekend. It was was busy. (laughs) You know what it was here yesterday? What's that? Six degrees. Do you know Mm -hmm. what it was here today? Mm -hmm. Four degrees. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's six right now. In Alberta? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. In the coldest, you know, most northerly city with a million people in North America, it's six degrees. Yeah. Yeah. It's no longer winter. it was minus one here when it was minus 10 down in Texas, where Tim was at the same time. I said, how you doing down hey, Did all your pipes freeze when it got to minus one? Did, did, your, <laughs> did your city just shut down? Just like, no. nope, power's out. Power's $10,000 a kilojoule. It's complete anarchy. All the store shelves are empty. There's like roving yeah, uh, uh, marauders on like uh toyota pickup trucks and they're they're spray painted silver they got spears yeah looking for your costco toilet paper 2021 mad max <laughs> we knew what was happening we got we got the word it was it's here it's here and in in texas of all places i thought it was going to be like in like australia nope it was in texas very nice Anyways, yeah very nice Loving it, loving it. The the chaos continues through. Well, you know, it kind of is like karma because Tim. I don't know if he's watching or not, but you know how Tim calls himself the heat miser when we're freezing up here in the middle of winter. He's making fun of me for all our like frozen hockey pucks and uh, train tracks that were freezing and stuff the other week. Yeah, well, I haven't heard a lot from him recently about that kind of stuff. Karma comes back and bites you in the ass, doesn't it? Anyways, yeah. Uh, all right, why don't we get into what we did in guns. What we did with guns this week is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center, Canada's premier firearms retailer. Right now they have SMB, S&B, 9mm, 1,000 round cases. It's 124 grain FMJ for 369 Yep. I think that's good pricing right now. It is because, good pricing. Uh, yep. If you haven't noticed, 9mm is a little expensive. And 223 yeah. also a little bit a little expensive, expensive if you can even find it. Hey, guess where, where, where I went on Saturday? SFRC. Yeah. You know why? Because it's Saturday? Yeah. You know why? <laughs> no, why? Because it's the first time in a month and a half that we're not on lockdown. Oh. They were closed. Uh, so I mm-hmm. went and I was talking to Marcy and I had a lot I, basically was there after close anyways because you know and i was having a look around checking out the prices on everything i said how's the ammo and she's going quiet now what ammo we don't have ammo 
or a gun store, not an ammo store. You got to go somewhere else for that stuff. Yeah, no, she says buy it now because next month. So buy it now or just don't buy it. Just wait. Just like, you you, know, sit back, relax. Yeah, you're going to, you're going to, hopefully you've stocked up. That's what, yeah. People like to like poke when I'm, when I just buy stuff I don't need because it's a good price. But right now, I'm sitting on some real cheap nine millimeter, some real like un, sub uh, twenty cent, yes, yeah, sub twenty cent nine millimeter is what I'm sitting. What? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Factory, and everyone else is buying thirty five cent, thirty seven, forty cent nine millimeter. How about that two two three? Two two three I've got is thirty six cents around, I think. Yeah, mine was around that too. About a ton of it. Yeah, and now, now you're looking at like 70 cents. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Got to so, buy it when it's cheap. It doesn't matter if you need it or not. Buy it when it's cheap. Mm. Nita wants to know why we're not on TikTok. Uh, TikTok. We were just talking about TikTok literally before you hit the go live button. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I have enough government agencies like <laughs> watching me. I don't, need, I don't need a foreign government watching hey. over me as well. I linked it. I logged into LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't been on it in forever and two days. And I logged into it a couple of days ago. And not only did I get a welcome back memo, but I also, can you see see that it shows who's been searching your site? Yeah. Who's viewed your profile? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. So the government, the U.S. government was looking at my site. Not that there's anything there. I'm going, hmm. They're looking to hire. That's that's what LinkedIn's for. It's for hiring people. Yeah, but I don't have any information on there. Although, you know oh. what? Mm. U.S. government does look at my stuff. I'm not important enough. Not on LinkedIn, <laughs> anyways. Other other yeah, means. Yeah. Other means. Anyway. I'm going to the people that I have on my... Anyways, never mind. Yeah. Okay. It's who you associate with. That's, okay. your, that's your problem. <laughs> Uh, why don't you start off, start us off with what you did in Gens this week? Well, I went to SFRC on Saturday. <laughs> I, I hear. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I didn't really do much in gun wise. Uh, there was a reason some things happened and life happened. So we didn't actually get out on Saturday night, but I did go over to Kelly's place on Saturday and I was there for a little bit, but I did actually pick up my new shooting vest. See? Nice, eh? Oh, it's very uh, sporty. It's a Benelli, Benelli Blue. And um, I did pick it up, and I'll be wearing it uh, at the uh, ski club. Does it have a uh, perfect size pocket for 28-gauge shells? It's, it's yeah, perfect, actually. Or is it for 12? It's probably for 12. It's for 12. Let's be real. Actually, I got a guys because I need something longer to cover my butt. So it's a guys. so... Anyways, fits me. What else is in that vest? Is it just like a fishing vest? Like, does it? It's got a pocket for shells. Anything else? Yeah, it's got two shell pockets. This one is actually no. It's got the nice red on the back. Um, I'm just curious what makes it like a, a shotgun shooting vest. Like, what what goes into that? It's just got the big pockets, the the mesh on the sides. So the mesh on the mm-hmm. sides, two pockets on the front. It's got a quilted uh, shoulder. I guess yep. so that you can absorb the recoil. Not really. Uh, and that's about it. So uh, I got Kelly's here too. Kelly's actually is a little different. Hers is the female's one. 
So it actually fits, it's fit, fitted for female and it actually has the little tags on the back of it. I'm not, I'm not sure. If, if you buy it. if you buy the vests, they don't come with the tags. They take them off at the store. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is for competition. Mine doesn't have competition one. Oh. It's little tags. Anyways. So I got oh, that. Oh, you clip the number to it. You clip the number. Your number four or whatever. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, got those in. I'm going to go see Kelly with those. Might hang out with her this weekend. I got a, a package, a Christmas present from the U.S. Speaking of Michigan last week. And I didn't even tell her it came and I picked it up. But it says badass. Oh, sweet. Beautiful badass. And it has the, uh, it has on the shoulder. It has great uh, Grunt style. And we got Wonder Woman. And yeah, package from Stacy down in the U.S. So I wanted to say thank you to her, and got that today. What else did I do? Oh yeah, so on last night there was a webinar. So CUSA for Canadian University Shooting Federation, they had a webinar all about rimfire, and it had Wamfat, who is from YouTube, go and check out his videos. It had Rick Ketteback, who is Project Maple Seed, as well as the ORPS, CRPS, and the X22 series on it, and had me on it. We host, and Kisa uh, hosted it, and we had uh, people, 100 people shine up. That was the limit. People got to win prizes. Somebody won a nice Vortex scope, Diamondback. And we talked Rimfire, and we talked everything under the sun. They're going to be putting it out. You should actually watch it if you want to talk shooting, everything even up to, you know, Lindage and everything. Three gun? Yeah. Uh no, didn't talk with three gun. But you know what? They're doing they're gonna be doing a series of these webinars. You should be on it for a three gun. Yeah, that'd be neat. You really need to be. Anyways. And yeah, that's about it. I guess. Okay. I didn't really do much. What about you? Uh more than you. I went to the range. Uh so before the range, I got some rifles. Just in time, too, because I was going to go to the range on Saturday. And then Friday, the first thing that showed up was this guy. This, this tiny little rifle. You have to do this. <laughs> I got to do that. Uh, yeah, so for our audio listeners, this is a Carcano I'm holding up. There's a 9138 or something. It's like a kind of improved, but not improved. Uh, cavalry version, so it's got a nice short barrel on it, Never 17 improved, inch. Not really improved. It's the shortest gun I've got. It, it'll put it next to the in my safe next to the other guns. It's like tiny compared to the other ones. It's not a grown up yet. It's not a grown up yet. It's a pretty fun rifle. I I I really like the clip feed system on it. Uh, the bolt is rough, but it's like still better than a Mosin. Mm. And uh, the clip feed was good. I think. Uh, I think I'm going to take it out to the range again this weekend because I, I did take it out last weekend. And uh, yeah, try it out. See what happens. Mm. It's got a bayonet on it, like uh, kind of like an SKS kind of a thing. Boop. Mm -hmm. Except uh, hokier, like a hokier bayonet setup. Than a, the, like the SKS is like a big ka-chunk and it mm. goes over and you feel like, yeah, that's that's solid. This, like, I don't really it's feel It's a little pokey confident. pokey. Yeah, that's, that's all it's good for. Yeah. And uh, because this is a, a, a wartime production rifle, it's pretty rough. There's, there's some rough spots on it, but you know what? It's military grade. That's going to be banned soon. 
<laughs> this is like one of my only military grade rifles. <laughs> it's the one that doesn't look military grade. Hey, if I need to, I can shoot. I can make shots out to 1500 with this thing. Just have to mm. pop it up right there. There we mm. go. Now my rear sight is ready for a 1500 meter shot. Yeah, there we go. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that was really loud for those that were listening. Um, yeah. Yeah, no. but uh, uh, you know, uh, the, the thing I was thinking about, what what can you get from Ilserp in Canada right now? Mosins are 450. SKSs are 450. Good luck finding a, a K31 for 300 bucks these days. Good good luck finding an SVT40 for three or a hundred bucks as well, because those are, geez, I think they're up, up to like 700 now. Um, this is 300. So uh, there's not really a lot of cheaper uh, mill serps out there right now. This is cheap. And again, where did you get it? SFRC. Great. Yeah. My favorite gun store. Uh, yeah, well, they had that groundhog sale on. So I put that on there and I was like, oh, I have to now. The price is excellent. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, that was fun. Um, I went to Cabela's and I picked up more primers because after last show, I was like, oh. They were, did you get them for eight out? bucks or five bucks? No, no, they're eight bucks. <laughs> they're expensive. Oh, you're paying big dollars. Meh, meh. Had to get some more. Eh. Uh, the other thing I needed to get was a rail for this uh, uh, Savage 12 FE. Uh, this is a heavy barrel internal box magazine bolt action Savage. Uh, I got it in 308 because I wanted to compare accuracy of uh, some of my um, Milserp ammo, I guess you could say. Yep. And I stuck a big bad scope on it. And I did get the like a 20 MOA rail because I was at, I was at, uh, Cabela's with my mask on and everything. And uh, uh, one of our listeners who's talked to me before uh, recognized me and came over and we're talking about which rails to get. And I was like, I think I'll just, maybe I'll just get the two piece base because it's cheap. But the rail, the 20 MOA rail, it's right there and it's only 70 or 80 bucks. So I got the rail. Yeah, you got the rail. Okay. So you did a video sense. on it too because I saw it. I'm fast. You are I'm fast. fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although the only thing that I wish I had, had done a little bit slower was um, this is something that I believe has changed recently. Like, I don't know how recently because I had a Savage 10 a while back and they had a little like fake screw that just screwed into the plastic down here to kind of cover yeah, this you hole. Said that. Yeah. And now they don't have them. This is actually where you access the Accu trigger uh, in mm-hmm. there. You, you like stick the little yellow thing in there and that's yeah. how you get to the Accu trigger. I could have sworn the old ones had a screw that covered that up though. Anywho, hmm. other than that, like good accuracy. I was yeah, shooting some like- Milserp. I'm gonna I'm gonna take it out again this weekend, and I don't know, pound some more rounds through it. Because what else am I gonna do over the weekends? We're still kind of uh, semi shut down here in Alberta. You can't uh, can't hang out with people in their homes or anything like that. You can't hang out with them outside. So you do like a really? fire outside. Yeah, go in someone's backyard and not die because it's not minus forty anymore. So that's good. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um. Um. Yeah. You've been busy though. Yeah. Well, I, well I, when I went that to that range trip, I took a buddy of mine out that hasn't shot in a while. Uh, I ran into listener Jason, oh, yeah. who I haven't seen in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's good. And You're that's all with like little... that's all with the masks on. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I know that guy. <laughs> yeah. 
you're running a lot of people that know you uh we should have mass right and you could like with photos of our lower half of our face and just put them on and you can actually well, I'm easy. Hey, the bald guy the, the bald guy with like the beard sticking out of the mask i hate to tell you this but that doesn't help no not on this show no. i'm the only one without i'm the one with hair and no beard and everybody else has beard and no hair magnificent beards <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Anyways, I went to the range. That was fun. Um, and then another thing showed up in the mail. Uh, a hunting gear guy fan had said like, hey, I got a Spitfire 3X. He got the new HD Gen 2. And he's like, do you oh. want to try out the Gen 1, the, the 1X? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. So he mailed me one of those. And that's actually what's going on in my background here. So I'm showing the difference between uh, red dots and uh, prism sight because a prism sight, the nice thing about them is they occlude less of the sight picture. So mm-hmm. if you're if you have to close one eye, so if you shoot right-handed and you have to close your left eye to uh, to get a proper sight picture and not get the double vision and whatever, uh, the Spitfire is going to leave Sorry. a lot more space and and not cover up your sight as badly mm-hmm. as a red dot. I shoot with both eyes open, though. Mm. I'm like I'm I'm left eye dominant, but I I just don't care. I just dot on target and I just start hammering, and uh, it works. So I'm gonna take that to the range this weekend. I think. Cool. Yeah, it's uh, so there's a couple like intro like uh, these are really well liked for three gun. Um, couple of different reasons. Uh, the dot is very fine. It's it's more fine than what you can get with like most red dots, and uh, mm-hmm. if you have astigmatism, prism sights don't get the weird shaped dots like a, like a red dot will. This is like strictly speaking, this is an illuminated scope. It's not a red dot. Right. Um, and right. the other thing, so, that, mm-hmm. so like if you have with a red dot, if you have astigmatism, it almost makes it look like a little almost like a f- football or. Basically, depends on your style of astigmatism. It might even give you like two dots, depending on mine, how screwed mine, up your eyes mine's are. Pretty, mine's pretty flat. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. No such Anyways. with this because it's like a mini scope. Uh, cool. The other thing that makes it uh, really great for three gun is okay, three gun, there's a lot of close up shooting, a lot of far away shooting. Yep. You could be shooting anything from like five meters to 400 meters. So the idea with this, with a red dot, usually what you do is you just like you hose the stuff that's close to the stuff that's far. You estimate it. I think I need to be aiming two feet high. Start sending them until you hear the bing. Uh, with this guy, uh, it's got a, mm-hmm. uh, a turret on top. So you can zip, cool. dial it in. And that's not something that most red dots, most red dots don't have like a, no. a, a dial for the uh, for the elevation. So. Uh, no. that's pretty interesting as well. So a couple, couple of, uh, of interesting, uh, pros, I guess, to, uh, to a prism at uh, one con, you have to have your head like directly in behind it. And it does have um, like an eye yeah. relief that's, that's with it. And if you don't hit that eye relief, it's not quite right. Mm-hmm. But, uh, otherwise that's, and that's why I'm running it a little bit further back with my other red dots. Like I, uh, these pictures here, you see that it, it blocks quite a bit of your vision. I usually run my red dots like way up front mm-hmm. because it doesn't yeah. matter doesn't matter where you put them you don't need to look through the red dot you just need the dot on something on something but this one it's it's basically like a reticle so you have to actually look through it yeah yeah you have to yeah. look through it you can still do the two eye thing but uh you mm. do have to look through it yeah no. um no. yeah so that's kind of neat 
Uh, I got out videos on the Savage 12 FB. Typical gunware. I keep seeing like posts on Reddit of uh, of people being like, "Oh, my gun came from the factory like this. Something's wrong," and they're showing like the bolt head has some like crap on it from test firing, or um, people take it to the range. They sh- they fire like a 200 rounds and then they come home and they're like, "There's bare metal on this spot and it wasn't it's like not that pristine. before." Yeah. Yeah. So I thought, uh, I've, I've actually done this before for like individual people. They're like, I don't, I don't know. This looks weird on my Glock. Can you tell, show me what your Glock looks like? And I thought, you know what, maybe I'll just do one video that has a few different styles of firearm, uh, with thousands of rounds in them and just show what the wear looks like. So Mm -hmm. that's what the idea was with, uh, with that video. I should have sent you my picture. You pointed it out. The uh, 1022 extractor. Mm -hmm. Did I, did I send you no, I showed you the been, picture, right? Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's yeah. just like a flat. Yeah. Yes. I should have sent it to you. You could have used that. Yeah, I could have. I should have thought of that. <laughs> uh, I put out like a little mini video on how a Carcano works because it's interesting and I thought it would be yeah. cool. And uh, yeah, I therefore it. I put it out. It's a very quick watch, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I th- like there's a couple of interesting things that you can do with a Carcano that, uh, or with really an, any uh, Manlicker style uh, uh, clip feed uh, rifle. So I showed like putting the whole clip in, uh, taking it out. Yeah, I got to like push down the clip a little bit and then push this button here to uh, to get it out. Uh, partial loading and, and all that kind of thing. So I don't know. Again, mm-hmm. stuff that I thought would be interesting and uh, some people out there might be interested to see. Uh, in terms of stuff that's coming soon, I've got a Carcano review video that uh, one of my boys is working on that I think is exported. So I need to I need to QC it and then upload it. They get penalized. If if, if I need to <laughs> add extra cuts to it, I take money off of, of how much I pay them for it. <laughs> I love this. That's awesome. <laughs> I give them oh, uh, bonuses awesome. if they add like memes or like other ridiculous stuff in it. I, I, I have like little bonuses I throw in there as well. So if you see like some real childlike humor in, in my videos, it might be me or it might be my kids. <laughs> it's hard to tell. Very hard. I, I, it is hard to tell. They're, you're very, they're taking after their dad quite a bit. Or I'm just really immature. One of the two. Well, yeah, I was just going <laughs> to both the same thing. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the Carcano one will be out pretty soon. Uh, Spitfire. I've, I've pretty much got the video done for that. I just need to uh, uh, take it to the range and, you know, send some rounds down and get some footage of that and, you know, see how yeah. it is. Um, I might do a redo on, I, I had tried to do a video on crimp versus non, non crimped. I might try doing that one again. Uh, I might do like cheap 308 accuracy compared, compare like uh, some milk, like r- with like five groups of five per page for uh, a few different styles of 308. So I think like one group, like I, I got a couple of groups of uh, uh, three shots that were like right around one I'm away with some Nork stuff. And like wh- one of the commenters is like, man, that's some BS. And it's like, you're kind of right because they're like three round groups. I should really take five five round groups oh on one piece of paper and that's really your proof on uh on what the accuracy should yeah. be like right yeah yeah that is can't correct. fake that you, no but you can actually take a dime and put it over the one hole that's all, way off to the side right uh i usually put my hand over it just <laughs> okay. like pretend like i'm showing <laughs> or if you, it's like oh, a real weird this. string like you put a banana or like whatever fits to cover up the, <laughs> the extra holes <laughs> 
the box, the ammo box. Put that one. Yeah, on that's I don't actually do this. I'm just. I'm joking around, everyone. But. <laughs> Uh, and then the other thing I was thinking about was uh, uh, someone on Reddit was like, hey, the, the SKSs in Tarkov, they do something that can you do this in real life? Okay. And the answer was no. So I might uh, I might do a video on like how accurate that game is, because there's parts of that game that are like it's the most accurate uh, game on the market uh, in terms of like gun mods and that kind of thing. And then there's stuff like mid mag yeah. on SKS so you that, can like, pull it uh, to yeah, the back and lock that it back. Totally sounds like you. I'm gonna do that. Yeah. Okay. Video games yeah, and did. guns. I get to do both of these. <laughs> Look me up. It's totally you. Guess what? It's the one I'm not gonna watch. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> you know what's interesting about that game? You can mod all the guns. You can put like new four ends on them. You can change the yeah. Uh, use different mags, Adriel. different scopes. Adriel. Uh huh. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> As a uh, self-professed gear whore, I do. <laughs> Unfortunately, in the game, like a lot of the best gear is like in real life, really like, total garbage. No, wow. like one of the scopes they have in there is this Monstrum. I looked it up, and it's like it's this eighty-dollar like Amazon crap, <laughs> and mm. you can get like. NC star 45 degree offset mounts. Like that's like one of the, the gamer pieces of kit that you can get. It's like, and it's some garbage. <laughs> you should call them and say, listen, this is what you need. This, 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 and this. Yeah. Well, they probably already get that feedback from they other probably people. Already too, get that right? feedback. A lot of, hey, a lot of do you know who I guys. am? You say, I'm the hunting gear guy, man. Anyways. Oh, you know, the other thing I did. What's that? Now that we're open, like I've had actually. I've had probably about a half a dozen, not probably. I have had half a dozen people ask me about going to the range. So I've been starting to actually set those up, taking people to the range and getting those done up. I'm also actually, so um, uh, I'm going to be fitting a lady to her rifle. She got a bunch for Christmas. And so I'm going to take her to the range. We're going to fit the rifles to her and, and that. So now that we're able to take guests to the range too, it's like, Kingston's in the green. It means that we can do everything and anything. We went straight from lockdown, like everything. Now we're open. And I just trampled all over you and interrupted what we did in guns. I'm sorry. Okay. It's kind of one of the things we do in this show is just uh, go scroll a moment and like run off to the side. It's pretty normal. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I figured you were done because you're talking about video games. <laughs> Almost done. <laughs> uh <laughs> And then Cabela's is like dialing back their affiliate program. Oh, yeah. So I got to, I got to do something with my website and with Slamfire as, as well, just to, uh, okay. Around. Yeah. What are we going to do with that? How are we going to, does anybody else know how, okay. And uh, anybody who's listening, uh, we do actually like our sponsors and everything, but in order for us to keep functioning, we have to have things like the Cabela's fund. So if anybody knows of anything else, let us know. I mean, that one's like, Makes 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 money because you don't pay you don't pay unless people buy stuff. <laughs> it's a beautiful as like a marketer like that's a that's a beautiful arrangement. I pay I, you only when uh, people are buying people stuff. People buying stuff it just doesn't make sense, especially cur- right now, currently in this en- environment. What if sales are so them. good right now? They're like they don't need I don't it. need to pay money for this. 
everyone's buying guns and ammo. We would can't keep it on the shelves. I was in there actually. That's that's yeah, a good point. True. I was in there the other day, and there was someone who was like left-handed, and he's like, "What kind of left gun? handed guns do you have?" And it was like <laughs> this one. <laughs> Come here. Let me see your let me see your hands. Smack. <laughs> now you're shooting right. <laughs> Yeah, a whole world of possibilities will open up for you once we fix this. <laughs> it reminds me of school. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, maybe maybe that's it. Maybe they just don't have any problems selling stuff right now, and and they probably maybe they have problems with inventory because but everyone seems to. Right the reality now. is, they've been doing it forever in two days. It's a great way to actually promote your company. It's Camellas, man. Yeah. Anyways, all right. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's cool. Uh, let's get into upcoming events. So upcoming events is sponsored by Telos Alpha. Telos Alpha is a Canadian digital agency that works exclusively in the firearms vertical. They help with business processes, strategic planning, websites, e-commerce, and battling the stigma the industry carries with banks, merchant processors, and social media. Learn more at telosalpha.com. Uh, do you want to talk about this QSF? CUSF. Do you want to talk about this CUSF women's C-U-S-F. spring launch? QSF, you mean? It is like if the first like many times you said QSF, like I don't have any idea what you're talking about. CUSF, CUSF yeah. is just as fast that's, to say. That's what they say. Okay. Canadian University Shooting Federation's Women's Program. We're having a spring launch, and it's going to be launched on Women's Day. By the way, International Women's Day is on Wednesday, uh, March 10th. Uh, our event is going to be, and I'm saying our because I'm part of the committee. So our event is going to be at 5 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time or 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can actually sign up for it through Google Links. There is going to be some messaging or some stuff coming out soon about where to sign up or how to sign up. QSF Women's uh, Committee, uh, we're actually really excited to announce that we're actually hosting. I keep Thing, actually. Uh, we're hosting an online event to celebrate Women's Day. The topic is going to be the various women's Olympic sporting Olympic shooting disciplines. So there's pistol, rifle, and shotgun. We're going to be having some Olympians on to talk about that. Female Olympians, Canadian female Olympians on to talk about that. Uh, so we would like you guys to come on over, check it out, uh, participate. And uh, so we'll have giveaways and prizes, and we will actually do another post soon to tell you how to sign up. So come and join us. Awesome. Uh, next, oh, that's it. Uh, we might have a three-gun match at Chaz. We might not. really depends on government restrictions and whatever. Right now, the restrictions in place um, don't look like we can do it. We've been good. Numbers are down. Very good. Should You've be able to start good. things up again. What is your numbers down to, by the way? I don't know. Small. I'm not really worrying about it right now. We're having around a thousand. That's it. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Want to talk about news? Yeah. Let's get into the news. Okay. CCFR so, legal fund donations. Yeah, just updated at the uh, Rondo Rod and Gun Club, $350. Uh, Bear Hills Wildlife Federation and Gun Range, $1,500. And Club de Tir Chaleur uh, Shooting Club. And it's a really, really small club in New Brunswick, and they donated $500. So that's awesome. Thank you. Donate to the CCFR Legal Fund. Lord knows. Need it. Yeah, they're going to need to, like, (sighs) do another legal thing. It's More like all the legal things. It's been a long, long week. I can tell you that. My, yeah. MP, my MP doesn't like me, I don't think. Neither does my counsel. I, I emailed some more people. 
Did y'all? As I'm in Alberta, they're like, yeah, we're not going to do anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're not going to do, we're not going to like do the municipal handgun ban or anything. We've got, yeah. we got better things to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless you're in Calgary, because Calgary. No, even in, I don't even think Calgary's going to, Calgary's not doing anything. Mayor? The mayor there? Yeah, uh, still like, th- th- that would be incredibly unpopular. That would, that would not be a good idea. Oh, come on. You could do it in Edmonton, like for the population, it would be it would be less risky to do in Edmonton than it would be in Calgary. Oh, the mayor of Calgary just loves doing things like that and just yeah. But they're yeah. like, while they're okay with him doing, I don't know, like new other stuff, I can't imagine they would be okay with this kind of thing. Okay. Anyways, uh, that's just my guess. Maybe some people from Calgary can can tell me otherwise. Hey, people in Calgary, have you been emailing your municipal councilors? And uh, telling them, or city councilors, and asking them about the handgun ban. Hmm. Did you get an answer from them? My 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 dude said like, yeah, we're not doing anything. And then my city uh, mayor said we're not doing anything. So hmm. good to go yeah. for Edmonton. You're good to go for Edmonton. By the mm-hmm. way, our video and our audio are out of sync. You know that, right? Uh, Everybody's telling us. Why well, didn't? Uh, hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And apparently, you're going to have a three gun match in March. We will have a match in March. There we go. There you go. That's coming from the match director right now. So. He would know. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, I'm going to blame Facebook for this because, like, my connection looks good and the recording looks good. So, uh, if the audio is so terrible that uh, you can't stand it, uh, watch us on YouTube. <laughs> There's nothing I can do to Which fix is this right now. Not long. You have to wait. <laughs> not long. Not long though. Tonight it'll be up tonight. Uh, so one thing that I just wanted to mention is that there's there's a lot of other Canadian gun media that started recently. I just thought I'd like yeah, there is. Um, summarize it all because there's a uh, there's a lot of it. Um, one of the ones, the Asylum, Kyle Warner started a shooting sports specific uh, podcast. Uh, he yeah. interviewed uh, Taylor on. I was listening recently. right now. Oh, is he? Cool. Yep, yeah. He is. Yeah, I listened to his, uh, his his podcast. It was good. Like, uh, I yep. think that um, our podcast covers a lot about shooting sports and shooting. Um, a lot of it's not competitive. And I think that um, there's, room in, there's room yeah. in Canada for one that just focuses on competitive shooting. Because yeah. um, that's one thing I get at, like, Ben Stoger's podcast is really good. I, I like listening to his. I feel sometimes... Stoger's podcast is just a little bit too far in the weeds on USPSA because a lot of the stuff they're talking mm. about is like that would be really cool if I f- like focused all my entire life on USPSA uh, for a c- mm-hmm. couple of years I could probably like make good use of what they're mentioning right now um, but a lot of a lot of the stuff they're, t- they're talking about is just a little bit too far for me well the good thing about what you're talking about right now is the podcasts or the videos that we're talking about are Canadian based. So these are for people here. It's accessible. There's the, everything is basically run according to Canadian rule book or whatever. So lots of reloading. Small yeah. mags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, that's, that's the asylum. And I think that's on, I don't know, every you get podcast. Yeah. Uh, CUSF is running webinar series yeah oh by the way i was on the webinar too for the lady guns did you know that or not well no i was yes. on qsif podcast about the 
women's shoot. I've been on so many things lately. I don't know when. I'm not even sure. What day's today? Thursday. But yeah, okay. the, the Lady Gun thing was between last podcast and this one. On QCIF or the Lady, Lady Guns. Gun live that I did? Both. I'm pretty sure both. Okay. So I did those two, mm-hmm. right? So we also, yeah, as I said, I was on QCIF on Sunday and QCIF last night and Lady Guns was last week. I don't know anymore. Anyways, so QCIF, uh, watch it. It is generally Sunday afternoon or evening and they have all kinds. It's spectrum. It's great for new people, uh, people who are new to shooting as well. So aren't you supposed to go on that soon? Yeah. You're just talking about getting three gun. Because you told me to. You said I, yeah. I don't know. Trevor's been on it. I've been on it. You why not you? Trevor yep. was on for pistol. I was on for a rifle, one of the rifle ones. So it'd be good to get someone who's mediocre at everything. And that's me. I got that taken care of. No, you're awesome. He was uh, as Swally Swede is the host of that. Uh, he's looking for some stuff about three gun. I said, you need to talk to Adriel. Yeah. So go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. One of them three gun guys who like has been in university this century. Yes. Uh, let's see. What else are we doing here? Rimfire Nation. Nation podcast. That one's new. That's Rick's and uh, Wombats. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, you talked about Lady Gun Lady Guns Live, right? What's the deal with Lady Guns Live? Like, when do you, how do you get onto one of those things? What's the topics? What are they, what are they doing those? So they're doing it instead of doing the women's events at the clubs, they're doing Lady Gun Live. So it's basically just different topics. Last time uh, it was the Cuse of Ladies event uh, that's going to be happening in March. The one before that, they had Amanda Fisher on for. Uh, three gun, no, sorry, Ipsic. Uh, so it's just different topics. You can register. They promote it on all, all the social media, but particularly on their Facebook page, you can go there and they create an event with the link and then you can actually sign up for it it's through Google Meetings, I believe. Cool. Yeah. I like Google Meetings. Yeah. 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 So free to join. All of these are free to join, free to hear. Uh, the other one that I've been listening to recently, if you haven't done it already check out uh silver core they've been around for a while mm. but he's back up and running with uh podcasts he's done some recently a little bit more high tech uh and particularly with the industry as well uh recently they had uh ryan um um stacy on ibi barrels they were talking about that uh yeah, you just, uh, Adriel just typed it in as well. First Focal Plane is back up and running. They were actually um, previously, uh, what was the previous name? Uh, uh, Sean Kurt and. Uh, and yeah. First Focal Plane, uh, anyways. Um, escapes me. Anyways, uh, First Focal yeah, first of all, Coplane's up and running. Again, they're a little bit more high-tech. Uh, they recently had on um, some politicians as well. That was yesterday. Uh, Listen to them as well. I actually usually tune in live. And they have some really, really good guests on, especially. So, yeah, they had um, Shannon Stubbs on, right? Guys are really good guys, so have a listen to that. Yeah, that was yesterday. Shannon Stubbs. Mm. Yeah. Yep. She is married yeah. to a good friend of mine's from high school. Oh, okay. She's in Alberta. Well, why is she Al- on here? Eastern Alberta. I sh- mm. should probably ask. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, 
Yeah, uh, so those are a couple that you should yeah. check out. Those are specifically Canadian. Obviously, the CCFR has one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the Canadian Patriots as well. I haven't really seen anything out of them lately, but I haven't really down- listened to any of theirs lately. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was let's spit it. Cool. But yeah, everybody's getting into podcasting. It's fantastic. Great to hear it. All right, let's get into uh, new gun stuff. New gun stuff is brought to you by Bolt Action Coffee. Slamfire Radio is a brand ambassador for Bolt Action Coffee. So head on over to boltactioncoffee.com, use discount code SLAMFIRE, and they'll make yours with love. They won't make anyone else's with love, just yours, if you put that that special code in there, SLAMFIRE. In the code, SLAMFIRE. Yeah. It's like a pizza, right? Domino's. Please make, make mine with love. love. Please, please put the love in mine. Don't forget. <laughs> hey, Miles, can you make this one with love? I'm sure that he would. Obviously, yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I didn't update new gun stuff. I don't think I did. No, oh, no I didn't. I didn't either. I totally fell down on the job. I told you I updated everything, and I didn't. Oh, strictly <sighs> speaking, this is my job. And... Uh, I'll accept, I'll accept I can't, you, yeah, that you fired me. Can't, we can't fire you. <laughs> there would be no show. Uh, yeah, I haven't really. Yeah, I'll, next week we'll do a double dose of uh, of new gun stuff. How about that? New gun stuff. Mm-hmm. Have you, there's been a lot of stuff in the news. We didn't talk about C21 or C22, and we didn't talk about There's some new. You know what would be a great idea? To, what? To talk about the new the new stuff that's that's been out right now in the main topic yeah let's talk about it for a main topic that's that sounds fantastic it's fantastic timing too right is he ready mm, i didn't hear any audio but um the joining is is like suspiciously fantastic timing <laughs> sorry what's what's going oh. on <laughs> hey. hey you <laughs> yeah we just did the How first half you? of our show now we're uh now we're, we're exactly at the main topic right now we knew this. Oh. It was going to happen. By the way, mm-hmm. I have to say that Ian Runkle is like super sleuth. It's like, you re- you know the show Don't Fuck With Cats? That's Ian Runkle. <laughs> <laughs> that is you. It kind of, uh, I guess, was. Although I will say I played 0% of a useful role in the whole thing. Um, but it, but was, it was so cool. It was kind of funny. <laughs> um, I guess... Yeah, so we're yes. kind of looking at this a little confused. I was, this was did on my you, Facebook. Did you hear the story, Adriel? No, but you're, you're aware we're live, right? We're, we're live right now. I wasn't aware, but I kind of figured that was a possibility. Yeah. So I wasn't certain. Um, so the basic story on that is that somebody posted a, uh, a live stream where there was clear criminal activity going on. And in fact, there was a woman in clear distress. And lots of people in that live stream were sort of egging them on and so forth. And I was going, oh, this is bad. So um, this guy is being very careful not to detail anything of where he was posting or anything like that. But I went to another video and he was in a casino there. So I looked up where the casino was and that was in Vegas, which is not surprising for casinos. And then... Having figured out that he was in Vegas, I found another video where he left his house and he was being super careful about, uh, he was saying, you know, I'm making sure I'm not catching any street signs. I'm not, 
he was making sure he doesn't catch anybody's license plate in this. But um, I caught a little tiny fragment of his front house number, and it was a little tiny fragment. And he walks along in this video, and I'm watching this going, I need some sort of anchor point to figure things out. And there was a street sign for a, uh, a Christian academy. And from that, that plus Vegas gets me a specific street address. And then I was just looking at stuff in the background. There's a tree, there's power lines that he goes under. And so I was able to follow along on street view and go, there's the tree. There's the power lines. He's clearly <laughs> turning down here. And I walked that back to, um, basically there's a distinctive uh, fence that he goes through. Like there's a, a stone wall and a lantern. And so I'd initially called Las Vegas police department and they said, like, we are aware of the situation, but we don't know where the guy is. Please call us back if you can get some details on that. And I went, OK, um, so I did all this. I also tried to get in touch with uh, uh, YouTube support who were not useful at all. No. Um, but uh, so then I got the guy's address because at that point I could see which house specifically it was. So I called the police department back and said, I have an address for you. And they said, we have an address. We think, you know, we've got officers on our way there. And I said, well, uh, this is the address I think it is. And I'm pretty certain they said, yeah, that's the address we have too. And I was, so at that point it was like, okay, uh, props to the Las Vegas police department, because it looks like they were on that real fast. And this is a situation where somebody was in, you know, serious, yeah. what was going on. So I guess now I'm just watching the news to see if, uh, if this makes the news, although lots of crime happens that never makes the news. So I may never know actually what happened, you know, there, or it might be that they get there and find it was just, you know, some guy basically playing a prank. But if he's playing a prank, it was a very, uh, Good. very convincing real. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to be watching the news just to see, you know, does this make the news? And yeah. if so, what's going on? But yeah. uh, it was kind of fun going and playing. Uh, Super sleuth. Yeah, but I mean, this is actually sort of part of the business of criminal defense work sometimes is you get videos and they say, you know, here's something going on in the video. And sometimes you're trying to figure out whether that's actually what's happening. So, I mean, I've had instances where uh, they've given me like at one point I got eight hours of video and I had to go through that eight hours of video very carefully looking for very subtle details and it was not fun mm. but um that kind of figuring things out and that kind of you know it wasn't to the same level because you know sometimes people on the internet have done things like figure out where a video is taken from stars in the background um this guy made some some obvious mistakes you know that street or that business sign made it really easy to narrow it down Yep. And if he hadn't had that, it probably still would have been possible, but it would have been a lot harder. So, but yeah, that was just, I guess, fun stuff. Um, it was a very stressful evening. I will tell you that because yeah. I was kind of freaked out and hoping that something could be done. And well, you I'm did a great job. On it. So, but uh, yeah, that's, uh, it was a weird, it was a weird night. I will go that far. So, yeah, sounds like it. 
Um, yeah, so um, so primarily the, uh, one of the reasons we asked you on, Ian, tonight, uh, by the way, uh, I don't know if I introduced it. Did I introduce you? No, you didn't. I don't think I did. You're so falling <laughs> Ian, down. Ian Runkle from Runkle on the Bailey YouTube channel and criminal defense lawyer and firearms lawyer joining us tonight and to talk about CTS and super sleuth <laughs> uh, joining us tonight to uh, uh, not help us uh, find a, a cat killer, but uh, helping us uh, decode, I guess, some of the uh, finer points of C21. Oh, and I've been putting out videos uh, pretty much every day for a while now on C21 because every part of it, uh, with very few exceptions, is just about terrible. Uh, there's a lot in C21. It's a very dense law. It purports to do a lot of different things. Um, thing number one, and this one is getting a lot of press, is it's going to ban uh, Airsoft in Canada. Uh they're right now the government is trying to spin this as we're not trying to ban airsoft we're just, just trying to ban certain airsoft guns which is pretty much 99 point something percent of them there's like four models they're not trying to ban here so you know when they say they're not trying to ban it they're they're trying to ban it there's no uh there's no way around that and this notion of oh well they'll start making guns for the canadian market no, they won't. The Canadian market is super tiny. Um, you know, it's they're they're not going to start bringing stuff in just for this. Um, there's various ways that this might be gotten around, but they're not going to be sort of great. Um, and I don't want to go into them too much. Just use because, real guns. Just just use real guns on the airsoft field, but don't oh, load them. <laughs> that is actually one possibility for this. Because amongst other things, Wait, they go. make. Uh, they make little airsoft shotgun shells, and these are specifically designed to not match any existing gauge of shotgun, but you could 3D print something that would be a little sleeve that would let you fit that into a standard shotgun uh, thing. And at that point, I mean, it might actually be more feasible to play airsoft with actual 12 gauges just loaded with these airsoft shells. That I it can't is imagine like anything would go wrong with this. This sounds ironclad. This sounds like a great idea. <laughs> I mean, I have, you know, it's one of those things that back when I was playing zombie games, I thought about this is something I could do. And then I was like, no, this is too stupid. This is too much potential for something to go wrong. <laughs> but this might actually be what you end up with. Or you might end up seeing people um, having to tune their airsoft guns up to over 500 feet per second which means that there's going to be a whole lot more protective equipment. You'd have to be mm. doing that in... Um, you might see airsoft replaced with simunitions training. And so you might start seeing simunitions fields, which, again, simunitions, um, they're how to get shot and not die, but you still might feel like you've died. Mm. I mean, I've never been shot with simunitions, but I've talked to people who have, and nobody recommends the experience. Um, a big part of it is that you are supposed to feel really um, discouraged from being shot with ammunitions. It is definitely a, a fail state in the training. You, know, you, will, <laughs> you will know that you have screwed up if you got shot with those. So all of these are potential things. But one thing as well is that this is going to kill the, uh, the air gun market in Canada. Mm -hmm. Because uh, what we get a lot of in Canada is air guns are manufactured in the States and the States rule is basically if it doesn't use powder, 
then it's not a firearm. It's, you know, into this sort of air gun category. And so what that means is tons of air guns clock in at like 600 feet per second, 800 feet per second, that kind of thing. Now, the Canadian market would treat that as a full firearm. You need a license for it. And so the way they get around that is they get their engineers to go and figure out very precise degrees of holes to drill in this thing to knock it down to somewhere in the 475 to 490 feet per second range so that now it's under that category. But now what you end up with is something that is very specifically in the law as something that is you know, designed or adapted to discharge a shot uh, at a muzzle velocity that is not over 500 feet per second, but that is exactly alike to something that does shoot over 500 feet per second. That would oh, count that as a pretty yeah, that's nice. I didn't even yeah. think about that. Oh. So all of these air rifles suddenly become prohibited devices. And I mean, if you own an air rifle and you want to say, pass it on to your kids, you're not going to have to just do legal research to figure this out. You might have to do historical research into the history of this specific air gun model in order to figure out if that's lawful. Um, can you imagine, like, can you imagine that you have committed a criminal offense because your historical research into the history of a particular air gun model is wrong? I mean, it boggles the mind, but, um, that's the way they're sort of planning on doing it. Um, there's a, you know, a very bog standard Crossman air gun model. It's a very introductory air gun model. Mm. Um, for the US market, it goes up to 600 feet per second. For the Canadian market, I understand it's got a bleed disc so that it'll start bleeding off pressure if you try to get it over that. Uh, Is that over... the pump? Is that that yeah. pump one? Yeah. Everyone's everyone had one Canadian of those. Market, it's built to bleed off if you try to get it over. Uh, so that'll be a that'll be in the same category as a silencer or um, various other things. It's like it makes no sense. So um, yeah, that's one aspect of this. This uh, very poorly thought out airsoft ban. Um, this has been on the RCMP's wish list since forever because basically they want to uh, every time they see somebody involved in criminal use of an airsoft gun, they're like, Oh, that shouldn't happen. But well, they probably don't like shooting kids that have airsoft guns. Right. Like, which is they, never they run across to, in a, a Canada fort. that I know of. Yeah. I don't it's, think it's, it's a, ever it's actually probably a risk that they're thinking about. Like what happens if like some 14 year old pulls an airsoft gun on them and they shoot them rightfully, because pff, if you're that dumb, you know, uh, uh, you gotta, gotta, you get to win a Darwin Award, but uh, yeah, maybe they're just worried about that. People, people robbing uh, places with airsoft guns, or what happens when the cops shoot them and they find out, oh, it's just an airsoft pistol. They should have known, but it's like, no, nah, they're they're legit yeah. looking. Like if you you can get robbed with an airsoft pistol and not figure out that it's an airsoft pistol very very easily. Well, well, people are doing that now, like they mm -hmm. did before. Right, and I think what'll happen is that the uh, you'll see a substitution yeah, like... effect in that um, typically the criminal law is very bad at getting people to not commit crimes because people who are committing crimes tend to plan for getting away with it, or they're not planning at all, or mm -hmm. they're driven by things where it doesn't matter. You know, if you are in the throes of an addiction and you need, you know, this is a physical need for that drug right now. 
um, saying, hey, this is illegal isn't going to stop you. Uh, but what you'll see is people saying, oh, well, uh, I'm not going to be, you know, they might not get the airsoft guns because if you're going to smuggle something that is handgun sized through the border, you're probably not looking at smuggling an airsoft gun. You're just going to smuggle a real one. And so the substitution mm -hmm. effect we'll see is for real guns being used in these things. And, you know, as much as it might be terrifying to be robbed with an airsoft gun, it's still better, societally speaking, than if people are robbed with, uh, you know, with a real firearm. Um, the ban on pepper spray, uh, I mean, A, a lot of it has been substituted for people using bear spray rather than people spray. But we also saw a substitution effect with people using knives more often. Mm -hmm. You know, and so that's, uh, you know, you get these... you we're much better at pushing crime around than we are at stopping it, I guess is sort of an assessment of how the law tends to work. So yeah, I do well, think the that bear spray, some... bear spray is hilarious because like one of one of my pet peeves about Canadian law around weapons and that kind of thing is intent laws. It's yeah. like, okay, you can't have pepper spray that you'd use to defend yourself. You can't have bear spray to defend yourself. You can have bear spray on you in case there's a bear. You can have bear spray. You can't have uh, a sword in your car for self-defense, but you can have a sword in your car because you're going to go, you know, I don't know, play in the bush with it and go, like whack some trees and, uh, you know, pretend you're a ninja. That's okay. I mean, to a certain extent, there are places where intent laws make sense. Um, the example I'll give is possession of breaking instruments. Um, it is 100% legal to own a crowbar. It is 0% legal to own a crowbar while you're in the process of using it to jimmy somebody's house open, even above and beyond the actual jimmying the house open. Mm -hmm. And so, for example, if they find you late at night and you are wandering around, you know, down, you know, you're wandering around a residential neighborhood, um, you've got a mask on, you've got a bag with a dollar sign on it, and, you know, <laughs> you've got a crowbar and some, you know, pry bars and all of that stuff. Um they can charge you with possession of breaking instruments. And I've got no problem with that. That to me makes sense. Um, similarly, you know, the possession of weapon for purposes is dangerous to the public peace. I don't think self-defense in the ordinary sense of things should be considered a purpose dangerous to the public peace, but the courts have taken a different view of that. But the general notion of for a purpose dangerous to the public peace makes some sense to me in the sense of like, if you are dealing drugs and you are armed with a bat, then maybe we want to have a charge for that being armed with a bat. You know, even though you're trying to defend yourself while you're dealing drugs, that's not a purpose that is socially healthy. Um, equally, we can have things like, uh, you know, if you're heading over, you've been, you know, beefing with somebody online and you find out their address and you're headed over there with a machete I've got no problem with saying that machete that you've got while you're going to do that, maybe you shouldn't have it for that purpose. You know, that's an intent based thing, right. but it does seem a little weird that you end up with this, you know, the divide in terms of the prohibition basically comes down to a prohibition on how you label the package because the same spray is legal. If it's labeled for bears only and illegal, if it's labeled, for people, and in fact, illegal if it's labeled, works well on people and bears. So it's a, 
it's a labeling law that is criminal, which is like. Well, and we're getting that with the uh, uh, advertising law that they're putting in with this, right? Oh, well, that one's just going to be a very, I mean, this notion that we have, you know, I I just haven't seen Canadian retailers advertising firearms as useful for use against people. No, you know, but like I, uh, American gun mags, like uh, uh, will this stop American gun mags from coming in the country? Because the, a lot of them do. Zero um, percent on that. And the reason why is because they are not firearm businesses and this applies only to firearm businesses. Uh-huh. So if you're a gun magazine, now it, the one thing it might do is it might prevent gun magazines from being sold at gun stores. What? And buy it at the 7-Eleven because the 7-Eleven is not a firearm business, but maybe it might run afoul of things if you are selling it, you know, at Cabela's, at P&D, at Wolverine Supply, at any of these places, because now they're saying now you are depicting this. Um, but, you know, I don't see a lot of Canadian gun, man, gun stores, you know, when Cabela's sells... Uh, or heck, when when P and D or you know whoever, I'm just sort of naming some of my local stores, but there's lots of gun stores out there. And when they're selling an AR-15, back when that was a thing that could happen, they didn't really have to say anything other than just we have AR-15s and here's the price and here's the features. Um, that is typical of gun sales in Canada. Is just we have. A- gun here's the features and in some cases not even that i mean uh local store going we have sks's and here's the features as he's you know and here's the price they didn't actually tell you what an sks is it's just you already know what an sks is Mm -hmm. we have some come buy one Mm -hmm. but the people who do need to you know to really advertise their usefulness against people is if you are a Canadian gun manufacturer who is in the sub- or police or military business. Oh, yeah, we didn't think about that, did we? Because, you know, if you are selling, you know, if you're a Canadian gun manufacturer and you want to sell to the military, you really want to be able to say, hey, listen, this can punch through a standard helmet at 800 yards, which is clearly you saying, shoot people with this. And that is really what I expect the military to do with their firearms is shoot people. It's what they do. Um, Similarly, stuff like uh, if you're selling a riot gun to the police, that would certainly, you know, that would very likely count as a firearm. Those have caused serious injuries in the past. You know, baton rounds, tear gas, all of this can cause serious injuries, especially if it catches you in the eyes or... And, you know, but you're going to be saying, hey, this tear gas is for use on people like and we may have disagreements as to when it's appropriate and so forth. But it's clear that the tear gas is not just being used for ornamental purposes. It's not being used for, you know, hey, we're going to create some decorative tear gas downtown. And if there's (laughs) any protesters, that would be unfortunate. No, they're clearly spraying the protesters or they're clearly... So, you know, that and the other one I point out, uh, you know, in my video uh, is uh, movie industry, because nothing it doesn't just have to counsel violence against a person, but also depict violence against a person. So let's say you are a movie industry, uh, you know, you are an armorer who does who 
uh, markets to the movie industry. One of the things you might want to say is, listen, I provided the handguns for, you know, this movie. Let's say you provided the handguns for, you know, John Wick or whatever else. I don't know where John Wick was filmed, but uh, you might want to say, hey, in this clip from John Wick, where he shoots a bunch of people, I provided those guns and you can go, you can come rent those guns from me. You know, I will provide that service. Well, now you've, you're a firearm business because armorers are a firearm business in Canada. And now you are advertising that those guns are available by showing violence towards people, even though it's fictional violence. I mean, how does that make any sense here where you're talking about, uh, so it, it boggles the mind here. Um, the other one that uh, just occurred to me as well that I didn't cover in my video, but goes back to the airsoft thing is an issue with prototypes because uh, some of these air guns are prototyped at, uh, at whatever speed, mm -hmm. you know, they might prototype them and test them out as, as fast as they can go and then engineer them down. So a lot of things where they may never have made a commercial version that shoots at a particular speed, there may be a prototype out there that does. And so you might get airsoft or paintball guns that are illegal simply because a prototype was tuned up to see how fast it could possibly go, just for amongst other things, to see if it'll explode. You know, if we hook this thing up to a commercial, uh, you know, commercial source of pressurized air, can we make it explode? And how much does that, you know, take? Well, you know, that may, uh, may be something that bans it. Um, hmm. There's uh, bigger provisions that might worry people. There's swatting provisions in this. In yeah, I was wondering about that. Um, this allows anybody to bring an application ex parte, which means you're not there. They get to pre present their side of the story. You don't get to present yours. And it imposes a firearm prohibition with search powers. Mm -hmm. So the first you might know of this gun ban is a tactical team coming to your door to kick down your door and take your guns. And shoot your dog. And shoot your dog. I mean... Mm. They always do that. You know, and if you respond badly to people kicking down your door, um, you could be at risk. You know, it's very much a possibility that, you know... If you're, you know, asleep and suddenly there's people kicking down your door and you hear shouting and whatever else, somebody could go and think that they're being robbed and, you know, or somebody's trying to kill them and attend with a handgun in hand and get killed. And mm -hmm. it could turn out that this was all based on lies. So, uh, and, you know, even if you are not a firearm owner, this can potentially affect you because somebody could apply for this ban based on you know not liking you and just put this yeah that's the piece yeah uh, you know you know what that really bothers me especially people who are going through divorce and different things like that yeah that's the piece that bothers me because i'm sorry to say there's people out there that are just that vindictive right by well, the way divorce, divorce makes people nuts and it makes well, like it makes normal people do some pretty well, abnormal stuff yeah it does but at well, the same time, people are out there that are vindictive, right? Yeah. There was a story out there of a female gun owner who had to deal with something similar after her ex made a false complaint. And it was later determined that it was a false complaint. But I mean, you know, this 
is useful. This is the kind of tool that uh, sometimes can help people who are in trouble, but there's all sorts of tools that already exist for that. Mm -hmm. The only real extensions here, the only things that this does that they couldn't do before are essentially for abusers and for people who want to misuse the system. That's really where this has been expanded is to expand this to allow abuses rather than just, yeah. So I had a question about the red flag versus the orange flag versus the down on the play or whatever. (laughs) Right. So we talked a little bit about it last week where we were saying that with the orange, I think it's orange. We've got so many colors going on with this pandemic. I don't know where (laughs) we're at anymore, but you have the orange who can actually make a call based on an orange, what exactly does that mean versus the red flag where we've already had it in place? So I'm not sure why we're introducing it again, but. Well, um, I mean, the the problem is that with these flag laws, they keep talking about different things as different flag colors. Mm -hmm. So the flag colors are super unhelpful. (laughs) Um, I mean, they are describing currently this instant ban thing, like this instant prohibition thing as red flag laws, but we already had that. The police could bring these applications and I trust the police doing that a little bit more because they understand what is required for an ex parte application. Um, An ex parte application is supposed to be brought with a duty of candor, which means that you present both the good sides of your case and the bad sides. You know, if you have some reason, for instance, to, suspect that the person reporting it is doing so out of a grudge, the police are required to present that. And they can actually be held accountable in much more real ways if they are, you know, presenting false information here. Um, It's very, theoretically, they could bring perjury charges if somebody else did. But in practice, that's very rare that they would bring uh, these charges against somebody making a false complaint. But there's also provisions that allow the chief firearms officer to suspend your license if they have reason to suspect, which is a real low standard, uh, reason to suspect that you have. uh, So as an analogy here, uh, reasonable suspicion that you might have alcohol in your blood can be as little as, you know, a smell of alcohol. Uh, So, these kinds of, you know, reasonable suspicion is real low standard and they can just hit you with a 30 day suspension on that basis. All right. If they, if they hit you with a 30 day suspension, is there anything that you can do? Can you appeal it? Can you do anything like that? There's nothing written into the firearms act itself to let you challenge it. Now there are provisions where you can challenge the decision of a decision maker. The problem is you're not going to get that heard within the 30 days. Mm Mm-hmm. And you're not going to get that heard for less than $10,000. So you're hooped. Yeah. So basically you're hooped. And there's nothing that says that they can't, that limits them explicitly from bringing a second 30-day suspension. So they can keep bringing those. And, you know, at that point you're sitting there going like, they keep banning me from this. How do I challenge that? What do I do? Mm -hmm. Is... uh, is going to be a real big problem because I can guarantee there's going to be people who end up on suspensions like this for six months trying to figure out what they should do. And then the instant they hire a lawyer, they might say, oh, well, we're done with bringing the suspension or we're not bringing the suspension anymore. Now we're just, you know, issuing a revocation now that you're challenging this, but you've spent all this money and the prohibition, you know, 
and it's now moot when you're wanting to challenge it in court because it's gone away. Mm-hmm. So there isn't really going to be a good way to challenge these. You're going to be stuck with whatever, you know, it's just handing a tremendous amount of power to the chief arms officer without any sort of checks or balances. There's not any real way to, uh, if it's abused, there's no way to correct that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, you can, you can challenge it, but you can't unshoot your dog. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, that's, that's a big thing. The uh, the suspensions don't say that they can come seize your guns. However, what they do say is that um, if you are suspended, you're not allowed to use your guns for anything. And use is a very broad category. You know, taking your guns out to take pictures of them might count as use. Hmm. So, you know, not just going to the range. Yeah, they're, but, they're locked up. But I mean, the other thing to think about is, can you imagine getting hit with a 30-day suspension right at the start of hunting season? Yeah. No. You know, you're done for that hunting season. I have a a question about this. And one of the reasons that I had a question about it is because uh, doctors for gun control, we know that Dr. Drummond has been raising this red flag thing all over the place. And he's talked about wanting it introduced, especially from um, a doctor's point of view. So if somebody goes to the doctor and they feel like they're at risk and they want to make that call, does this allow other people, obviously, to make those calls and basically have our guns I mean, okay. there's no limitation. I mean, the suspension provision is only the CFO. The mm-hmm. uh, emergency prohibition order is anyone. Okay. Um, so, in theory, you can bring it against somebody you have seen online in Quebec. Uh, you can just bring that application. Um, and you don't even have to know them. Um, in theory, you could bring one against, you know, <laughs> the whoever from the doctors from gun control, if you thought that they were a danger and you could, you know, attest to that, honestly, um, it's, it's really wide open for abuse. Yeah. And, you know, for use in situations like somebody is annoying me on Twitter and somebody, you know, we've been having this Twitter argument and, you know, they made comments like, you know, you would be afraid to say that in person. So I'm going to, tell the judge that, you know, this guy threatened me when really it's just people beaking off and nobody should take that seriously. Mm-hmm. But, and it's very doubtful that that prohibition would be upheld later in a court. You know, if, if the comments were just something like, you know, you would, you wouldn't say that if you were here in person, right. But it might be enough on an ex parte basis, especially if the person making the report was willing to sort of skew things and shade how they phrase things then, uh, you know, it might be enough to get a firearm prohibition. It's We're going to see all sorts of case law, and there's going to be lots of cases where people are doing this where really they shouldn't. And that's going to be a... It's going to be a problem. Uh, so, probably also talk about municipal handgun bans. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a Kelly problem. <laughs> well, I mean, that's an all of us problem because you never know, like even in small towns. Yeah. Um, in small towns, the uh, the municipal government is often very vulnerable to being taken over uh, by small groups of interested parties. Uh-huh. And so sometimes in small towns, you see bylaws being brought specifically to mess with, you know, a neighbor or a business competitor. 
And can you imagine a better way to mess with your neighbor than to basically kick them out of town? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, this is going to end up with this weird patchwork of laws that uh, apply in some places and in others. And I'm going to be kind of scooping myself for my video that I'm going to get out tomorrow. But one <laughs> really interesting thing on this is that the way they're trying to get around the whole division of powers issue is that uh, they're putting these on as a condition of your license. Yes. So what does that mean? Mm -hmm. Well, it means in order to be punished under this law, you need to have a firearms license. You literally cannot be punished if you don't have a firearms license under these new provisions. It specifically gives a pass to criminals. So, yeah. yeah, like, this is a law that is 100% targeted at law-abiding gun owners. And literally, like, you know, normally we say criminals will ignore the law because that's what <laughs> makes them criminals. But criminals can ignore this law because they are exempt from it. They have a get-out-of-jail-free card. And so, you know, when the liberal government here says we're not targeting law-abiding gun owners. They specifically are. and They are. There's no one else that are, that's affected by this. So, uh, but I mean, if you look at what this means, I mean, it might mean that because of a change in your city council, you have to move or else, you know, give up your firearms. It's very yeah. weird. Um, and I feel bad for people who are living, you know, in Toronto or, or Kingston Montreal or, or Kingston or Kingston. <laughs> or, you know, um, I mean, thankfully, the current, you know, sort of leader of my city has said we're, we don't plan to do it. But, you know, if you're living in Vancouver where they've said, yeah, we want to run this through as fast as possible. I mean, what do you do if they, you know, if they're doing that? So especially if you happen to be somebody who's like, you know, let's say you're an Olympic shooter. Mm -hmm. You know, you are. And let's say this is how you make your living, you know, or. There's people whose living is that they are a competitive shooter mm -hmm. and that they have sponsorships or, you know, whatever else, uh, you know, saying you can't be in our town anymore is like, is going to be a big deal. Um, there's also going to be huge constitutional issues. There's going to be major fights over this one. Uh, it's been a while since there's been such a big constitutional issue in terms of division of powers, but this is really a, uh, this one's interesting. I want to see what happens with that. Oh, I mean, it's going to be a Supreme Court uh, issue. In fact, I would be shocked if the Supreme Court justices in their own time, you know, mm -hmm. because, of course, they talk to each other and so forth. Yeah. I would be shocked if there wasn't some chatting about, so, guys, what do we think of this one? Because... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's, it's really novel. And I mean, they're, they've made public statements which are relevant to these questions. You know, when they say, oh, well, we're not trying to interfere uh, with, you know, the division of powers. Well, they've also made public statements that say explicitly that they are. Yes. So, <laughs> it's, uh, but it's such a bad. It really, really is when you start going through it and you break it down. Oh, absolutely. There's various places where it's just they'd get an F <laughs> maybe not an F I'm not that hard of a marker 
but it would be coming back with some red ink on it. <laughs> no, with lots of red ink in lots of places going like, what the heck? Okay, for lack of a better term, it, if you're going to be actually, this is going to be law, right? Yeah. You need it to be bulletproof. Yeah, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's parts of this that I'm just like, like when we go back to the advertising section, I'm just like, guys, not think about this. No. Um, it's clear that they, you know, they need a big problem with the with this is that they're they're deciding this entirely with a pool of anti-gun uh, people and people who are like stridently anti-gun and don't know anything about it. Um, that was apparent. Cause... Yeah, that's why I said there's a lot of stuff in there that when I looked at it and I compared it to some of the things that are out there, let's say on Twitter, et cetera, um, it's ex exactly what's being asked for or being talked about. And as I said, it's poorly written. So yeah. they just didn't think about some things like they didn't think about, you know, right. what happens if you are selling to the police? Mm hmm. Like that is a question that if they, you know, if they had me in that room, even if they didn't ultimately sort of go with my thoughts of, hey, this is a, a dumb idea in general, um, they probably would have said, you know, I would have said something like, hey, what about these businesses, guys? Like, and so you need that broad, like when you're legislating, you really need that broad base of knowledge, ideally mm -hmm. to come up with things. And we do this in other areas. You know, we have drug policy and some of the people I would love to see in the room for drug policy are people like, you know, people who have been addicts and people who have worked with addicts and that sort of thing. Even if you think something is absolutely bad, you want that base of knowledge, you know, and when they say we need a, a base of knowledge about firearms, they typically bring in the RCMP, but the RCMP are not gun owners. They're not gun mm -hmm. business owners. But they are well, in, in these cases, it looks like they brought in Polytechnique and the Doctors for Protection Against Guns because yeah. they implemented yeah. a lot of their policy, not right. not stuff that the RCMP is asking for. Or, uh, or, well, or in some cases, the Canadian Association of Chiefs of Police have said... They don't even agree with us. They say this is a piece of crap. Well, well I mean, for lack of a better term. Um, like with the municipal handgun bans. Yeah. Guess who a group who tend to own handguns in their right. spare time is? Okay. Police officers. <laughs> so I have, so I live in Kingston. Yeah. Uh, where the majority of penitentiaries in, you know, Ontario are. Yeah. So how many correctional officers are working at six federal institutions? We have a military base in our city. Yeah. We have a municipal police force at specifically Kingston and our municipality is looking at doing a gun ban. Yep. I mean, you know, a lot of these correction officers might be people who own handguns. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's going to be a real messed up situation when you start having, you know, police officers saying, what do you mean I can't live in the city where I work because I have, you know, and for a lot of these police officers, they consider training on their own with handguns to be essential only... for their job. Yeah. Because they get, That's you know, exactly something it. like 600 rounds a year for training. No. Well, corrections, no. We actually get, we get 100. And oh, that's all. Uh, that, that's on the day. That's your qualifying day, right? And you qualify and, and that's it. But that's also actually, you're talking 9 mil, you're talking uh, 223, and you're talking 12 gauge. That's what you got. I mean, a hundred rounds in a year. I have blown that on, well, <laughs> substantially more than that on one range trip. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying, like, you know, uh, we're very 
we're talking talking specific to my city, but oh, for sure. But uh, right? uh, I mean, but there's other cities that are out there that are going to go through the exact same thing. It's just, yep. yeah. I mean, if I was a police officer and they're saying, "Hey, you get a hundred rounds per year of training," I'd be saying, "Listen, I'm required to carry this handgun, and I'm required to potentially use it in." you know, in defense of myself or defense of others. And so I would, you know, and I'm not a police officer, but I'm just saying if I put myself into their shoes, I would be thinking I have a strong moral responsibility to Absolutely. be good with this gun. Yeah. Because every bullet that comes out of my gun, I own either in the sense of potentially legal consequences, but also just moral consequences. You know, if I shoot at somebody and I miss and it goes down the street and lands in a toddler, I'm going to have to live with that. And so I want to make sure that that doesn't happen, that every you know round I fire is one that goes where I wanted to put it, you know, and that I have the training and background and experience to, you know, to know that in a stressful situation, for instance, I'm going to still be able to do things like look beyond the target to what's behind it. And the only way you can learn those kinds of skills is training and practice. You know, I've seen, uh, and I haven't seen the guy at the range in a while, partially because I haven't been going as often as I'd like, but you know, there was a guy who was at the range the one time and he was running laps, like just full on running. And I was like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm, you know, I'm a cop. Uh, I do this so that I'm out of breath. So I'm, a, you know, full of adrenaline. And so that then when I'm practicing, you know, it's practicing like what if I had to chase somebody for yep. 10 minutes and then, you know, they turn on me with a knife. You know, am I still going to be able to draw and fire and, you know, do so reliably? If they're not getting that training, you know, some of the most respond like the most diligent, the most responsible officers are doing that themselves. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's who this law's going to target. It's no, I know. so bad. So, yeah, I uh, I don't know. I mean, there's two schools of thought on this. One, they've put this through just before, uh, you know, it's an, it's not anticipated that they're going to be able to get this into law before sort of it dies on the order paper. Correct. So one school of thought is that they may be just purely making a show of this. Mm -hmm. uh, they may be saying, you know, oh, we tried to introduce this and it went nowhere and then not reintroduce it. But they might reintroduce this. They might really be pushing at this and just sort of, you know, so we'll have to see. But uh... they like if you look at our firearms law, our criminal law that that involves firearms, 100 percent of the crappy legislation is from the Liberal Party in the last 20 odd years. There's yeah. not anything. So like the fact that it's bad. Um, is not a very good defense of, of it not going through. It's now the timing is suspect because they're probably going to have to go to an election. Um, but I, I would imagine immediately after the election, they dust this piece of crap off and they put put it through. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean it's one of these situations where it's just really a uh, it's at that intersection of uh, you know malice versus ignorance. You know, is this accidental that it's so bad, or is it just terrible that you know or is it just intentionally bad a lot it's always been bad that, though uh, like the c71 the 
uh, 68, like all, all of their bills are always bad. They're always full of just complete garbage. Like the, the, the I, arbitrariness. I've really not been impressed <laughs> with some of this. Uh, I mean, even stuff like their, you know, impaired driving changes, for instance, I think have had big problems. So, mm-hmm. um, and big problems in ways that basically mean that uh, innocent people, like from a moral perspective, morally innocent people can end up facing charges and facing trouble. Mm-hmm. So that uh, that's always concerning to me. Uh, I don't want, you know, if somebody's going to jail, I feel like as a fundamental thing, we should think that they're a bad guy. Like they're a bad person. They've done a bad thing. Um, you know, and I don't really buy into the whole notion of bad guys as a category because typically I'm a big believer in rehabilitation. I've seen it in action, you know, I've, but in order to deal with rehabilitation, you have to deal with underlying causes and criminal law is terrible at that. Yep. (laughs) But I still think you should have done a bad thing, right? That person should be sitting there facing the punishment saying, you know what? Yeah. That thing I did was actually real bad. And, you know, society should be in agreement with that. It shouldn't be a situation where somebody gets out of jail and, you know, at their latest job, somebody asks, you know, so what were you in jail for? And they explain it. And the guy goes, what? Like, that's a that's illegal. You know, you lived in the wrong town. What? Like, you know, it's. And. As I said, this is going to be targeting some people who I think are really not who we usually want to target with the criminal law. Uh, police officers being kicked out of their towns is like, <laughs> it boggles just, the mind. Yeah, I, it, it can't have been an intended consequence, you know, of this. It just, it but is. Also, I think that they just didn't think about it. Um, Smashing case of firearms law. Got an election coming up. This back vaccine rollout's going terribly. Yeah, let's talk. Let's change the subject. Let's talk about gun control instead. Let's talk about assault rifles. Put some pictures up. We'll talk about how we're banning a bunch of scary guns and uh, uh, anti-aircraft guns and stuff like that. We'll get some support. Doesn't need to be good. Who cares? The people that that this, that this affects weren't going to vote liberal anyways. That's like yeah, that's, I mean, that's hyperbolic, but I'm I'm just that's that's probably the the decision making process they're going through. This is going to hurt our opponents more than it's going to hurt our supporters. Who cares? That's correct. It actually sort of uh, it would not surprise me honestly. This seems to be a bit of the legislation that we see sometimes, which is legislation aimed to make life difficult for your political opponents. Mm-hmm. You know, to and target the group yeah. of people, and I mean. The liberals aren't unique in this approach, but they've really doubled down on it. Um, I mean, if you look historically uh, in and sort of in the U.S., they actually brought in legislation like some of the marijuana legislation and so forth was brought in specifically to go after the American left. Um, and that, uh, you know. Basically, you know, if they're going to vote against us, well, we might as well send the police after them. And so this does end up feeling a little personal. It feels a little bit like, and it's weird because I am, you know, a lot of people assume I'm super right wing because I'm a a gun owner, but I'm not like I'm, 
I don't really map easily to a political party. I've got all sorts of views all over the place. And some of them are quite a bit, you know, there's no party I agree with. Mm -hmm. And so when they basically come after me and say, you know, we specifically, you know, it's very hard not to think that they're taking it personally when it's a law that only affects law-abiding gun owners. Like Mm -hmm. this isn't like, hey, we're going after criminals and law-abiding gun owners are caught up by accident. No, I'm the guy in the crosshairs here. So it's hard not to take that kind of thing personally. And uh, yeah, exciting times, I guess, that we live in. And we'll just have to see. Sadly, the voters appear to have a uh, an appetite for that, which is also disappointing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it must be the only it's it's a it's a decent topic to use as like a whipping boy topic, right? Like it, it doesn't affect a lot of their it, it riles their base up. It's good to uh, get the support in. It's kind of a nothing burger for the people that it hurts in terms of uh, uh, pure voting. So, it's yeah, a, I mean, it's it, a, it doesn't harm their constituency. And, uh, you know, by and large, it doesn't, you know. It's really sort of an urban versus rural kind of thing as well as that, uh, you know, the parties that have broad, you know, sort of urban support uh, tend to be more willing to, you know, not need support from rural voters. And so uh, that kind of turning Canadians against Canadians, I'm not a big fan of. I'd like to see everybody, you know, come together and have uh, much more consistency. Yeah. You know, why can't we all get along? <laughs> yeah, probably not going to happen, though. I'm just looking through to see if there's anything else that we could get your uh, your opinion on. Like, there was, there was a couple things in there that were, like, patently obvious, like removing the ability for CFOs to grant protection of life ATCs. Like, that was, that was an obvious yeah. uh, preemptive move, uh, move to try to keep the uh, Alberta, Alberta and Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan CFOs from doing that kind of thing. And yeah, the funny thing uh, is that that that's the that's one of the only provisions that has the opposite effect of uh, one of the things that they're trying to stop here is uh, a homicide of intimate partners, and I think that uh, uh, an ETC for protection of life is one of the things you could do to help stop intimate partner homicide. Uh, it's not a thing anymore. Can't I mean, the thing is, is uh, you know, we we put court orders on people all the time to say you need to stay away from somebody and you need to whatever and they're effective in the sense that they allow for an arrest afterwards but they're not effective in the sense that they don't actually you know if you have somebody who's seriously violent they're still able to go to that house and engage in violence Um, at the end of the day you know a court order is great but you can't they make very poor shields you know, you can't stop a knife with a restraining order. You can't stop a bat with a restraining order. And the police, as always, you know, the police do their best, but the police are not designed to be preventative. They're not going to be able to get there in time to stop most of these attacks. Um, you know, and that's just because you don't live next to a police station. They have to drive there. Uh, so, you know, if we're talking about a situation where protection of life is at, you know, at the highest, um, I've seen situations where people are, you know, have domestic partners who they've left who are extremely violent people. 
And, you know, those people might have cause. And sometimes they're not just extremely violent, but they might be extremely violent and tied up with, for instance, organized crime. Mm -hmm. You know, if you are, you know, if you have left a gang member, you may not have the risk solely from that gang member. You may also have a risk from his buddies. Yeah. And, you know, and that's a concern, right? It's, uh, and I think that the court, like the courts in terms of a finding of, you know, possession of weapon for purposes of dangers of the public peace, if it's like, hey, um, this particular gang is out to get me. So, you know, they might be more lenient on that. Even just, you know, having it within your house, for example, might be, uh, but it's very clear from my reading on this, what they want to do is take that power away from the provinces because they're worried that a couple of provinces might not be wanting to play ball with them because what they don't want is an example of this being used successfully. Right. Um, They really don't want the example of we gave, you know, this battered spouse a, an authorization to carry and her ex came to her house, you know, armed with a knife and she shot him I mean, I don't feel that that's a terrible thing if he's coming there to do her violence with a weapon. And, you know, as much as I believe in rehabilitation, I also believe in self-protection. And, you know, so I think that that's really what they're trying to do is they're trying to make sure that that uh, has a unified front and the unified federal policy, which is essentially make sure it doesn't happen. Yeah, you can't really... You can't use fire. Well, you can use firearms for self-defense, but you can't market it or have it as an intent or, 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 or get an ATC, right. any of these other things. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, I wonder, I wonder how long it'll be before they, they try to take that out. You just can't defend your life with a firearm at all. We're I not mean, far from uh, it. We're not far from it right now. And, and a lot of these provisions are taking away like any of the possibilities around using it in terms of intent or in terms of uh, 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 owning it for that or marketing it for that. That's all gone. If you've got some spare time, um, what I might recommend, and I'm going to have a video out on this. I'm waiting for the verdict. Mm-hmm. But the case of uh, the Queen and Cahill in uh, at the Supreme Court. Mm. Uh, that the video of the argument is online at the Supreme Court's webpage. And so you oh, really? can see the arguments made. Um, and that's like, you know, an hour and a half of video or t- close to two hours of video. So it's a bit of a time investment. Um, I'll do a shorter video covering, you know, sort of the discussion and the verdict. But a lot of the discussion comes down to essentially should Mr. Cahill potentially have been barred from a self-defense argument because he went out to investigate that noise, you know, investigate the burg- you know, the break and enter of his truck uh, with a firearm. Does that, you know, was that activity something that we want to say, if you went out there with that shotgun, you're not allowed to defend yourself anymore. And uh, you can see some really uh, pointed questions in that direction from some of the justices. Now, one thing I will caution when you're watching Supreme Court discussion like that is that just because a Supreme Court justice asks you a question doesn't necessarily mean that that's what they believe. Uh, Because the Supreme Court justices want to test your position, right? Mm -hmm. They're, you know, if you think of like a sword maker, I 
I've, you know, I know a sword maker and one of the things he'll do sometimes is take a sword and like hit a stump with it. And that's because you want to see if that sword is going to hold up. And it's not that you want to break the sword. You're actually holding, hoping that it holds up to it. But the way you test somebody's position is by attacking, attacking it with hard questions. So I wouldn't necessarily assume, you know, just because the Supreme Court justice is saying something one way or another, that it necessarily means that's what they believe. But you can see that these are the issues they're playing with in their head. Like this is some of the questions that are coming up and it'll be really interesting. I'm really watching this one just to see what, uh, what they come down with, because this could end up meaning that self-defense gets super narrowed in Canada. Mm-hmm. And that would be, in my view, a mistake because uh, it essentially means that you might end up seeing a whole lot of people going to jail again for sort of morally innocent behavior. I feel that if somebody is in defense of their life, even if they might have been a bad person to get there, they should still have self-defense provisions. You know, mm-hmm. I covered a case out of, uh, I think it was Toronto, where some guy was a you know, a clear bad actor. He was involved in, you know, various sort of gunfights in the past, but he was still able to rely on self-defense when that actually, uh, you know, when that resulted in a death and was acquitted on that basis. And I actually am, I'm okay with that because the same provisions that protect that guy protect me. And I don't Mm -hmm. want to be in a situation where, you know, if I hear somebody shouting threats from outside my house and I step outside with a shotgun because I'm concerned and I'm wondering what's going on, I don't want to be in a situation where if that guy then rushes me that it's like, Oh, well your job at that point was to die. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It seems like, uh, actually the, the, uh, I hate to bring it to a U.S. example, but the example that's very similar, like the Rittenhouse, uh, uh, case where, he ended up shooting those three guys at, yeah. at that uh, at that protest, yep. right? Because the, all three examples look pretty clear cut cases of yeah, it looks like self defense to me. But a lot of people are like, oh well, he broke this one law because he was a minor and he borrowed a firearm and he, he because he was uh, seventeen and not eighteen uh, broke the law and therefore he's he deserves it and he, he couldn't defend himself. And it's complicated in the States because, and I'm not going to purport to be a U.S. law expert, but a lot of places in the States may, for instance, have provisions that say that you can't defend yourself if you were involved in a crime. A crime, commission of crime. Yeah, that 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 is that is uh, one of the things that may actually sink him and, and ke- make him catch those, those uh, uh, charges. Yeah, not because I've... it wasn't self-defense, but because he borrowed a firearm he wasn't supposed to. Yeah. And, you know, you get, but I mean, to my mind, that's kind of a weird scenario or not, you know, the sort of a counter example I'd give to that sort of thing is like, let's say I'm out hunting and unbeknownst to me, I just wasn't paying enough attention. My firearms license expired last month or sorry, expired, you know, a year ago, say, Mm -hmm. you know, I, and so me having my hunting rifle, is unlawful at this stage, but I've screwed up, you know, this is my bad. And, but while I'm out there, uh, somebody is living in the woods and they're high on meth and they see me out there and, or, I mean, this is an example that happens sometimes is, uh, let's say they're out there and they've got a massive grow up 
and I blunder into this grow up and they decide that they don't want me getting out to, you know, potentially inform the police about this massive grow up. And because they're organized crime, they're willing to engage in some fairly serious activities to prevent that. So let's say they come out and they're on, you know, an ATV with a handgun and they're shooting at me. And I use that hunting rifle and shoot back and kill them. I think that would be a very textbook self-defense situation. And I don't think that that self-defense should be precluded, even if that, you know, going out with the rifle was itself illegal. Mm-hmm. Because it's like that, to my mind, is the far lesser crime. I think that the Canadian model, which, you know, looks at that and looks at the sort of broad, you know, spectrum of things is a much better model. Because, for instance, let's say I was going there to... Uh, I was, you know, instead armed with that illegal rifle because I wanted to steal weed from that operation. The court would be a lot less likely to find that that was self-defense if that was my operation, because now I've involved myself in something that I knew was going to be trouble, right? So they're going to say, you kind of created that scenario because you went there to steal from organized crime with a rifle. What did you think was going to happen is going to be part of the consideration. Yeah, I... I like the Canadian model for the most part. The U.S. model tends to be a lot more technical and rules-based. And when it's technical and rules-based, you get into those weird scenarios. But uh, I'm going to be watching the Rittenhouse trial. I don't know if I'm going to do too much commentary on it because I try to focus on Canada. Yeah. But it's going to be fascinating and it's going to be international news. So. Yeah, just because, again, of the identity politics issue that uh, that it seems to to be around. I mean, I uh, often you have to sort of divorce yourself from the sympathetic nature of either side, because you know, quite frankly, I have some sympathy for everybody who was there to some degree or another. It's a tragic event. It shouldn't have happened. And there's all sorts of mistakes made and, but that's usually the way. I mean, I've told somebody asked me at one point, they said, what's your biggest self-defense tip? And it was walk away from fights. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Whenever I see, you know, homicides, a lot of it has come down to people not walking away from fights and I get it. It's hard. You know, you look, it's humiliating, but uh, a lot of people have died because they couldn't, you know, sort of step away. Oh, we we're talking about last week the uh, the people who are yelling at each other, like um, over the they're, they're snow, uh, shoveling snow in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And the one, the, the couple are like, "Oh, you got a gun? Why would you shoot me? Why would you just like you wouldn't dare? You go ahead, shoot me, you pussy!" And like guy wastes them. It's like, <laughs> what were you expecting? Well, <laughs> this yeah, is entirely mean- preventable. <laughs> There's the one recording that's sort of the famous one of, uh, what are you going to do, stab me? <laughs> Quote, man who just, you know, who got stabbed. <laughs> Stab like, person. <laughs> victim. You know. Stabbing victim. Yeah. yeah, there's actually a lot of crimes where the thing that immediately precedes the violence is sort of an invitation to violence. Um, I covered that twisted tea. I was just going to say, you covered that. And, I mean, the thing the guy says just before he gets hit with a can of twisted tea is... is- it's like you know that guy had he been a little smarter would have realized the thing to do here is to walk away he was drunk 
I mean, he was drunk. But the thing is, is that equally, the other guy, the guy who hits him with the can of Twisted Tea, who, let me be fair, that guy has almost all of my sympathy on this one. Like, He's um, a big guy, too. I mean, he's a big guy. but a huge guy. And he had a lot of patience, but he did hit him. Some people just need to get hit in the face with a Twisted Tea. They just need that. But the thing is, that video could have easily gone another way. Because yeah. I've seen the cases where a guy gets hit with the, you know, with a fist or whatever else and comes up with a knife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, that moment of, hey, I'm righteous feels great when you win. But lots of people end up stabbed to death or shot to death in those cases because mm-hmm. you never know who that guy is. You know, you can see he's tweaking out on something. Mm-hmm. So the safety tip is usually to walk away. Um, or carry twisted tea. That doesn't necessarily mean that you are required to do so by law, but uh, the safer move for both of those parties was to just, you know, separate out. And those kinds of fights are how people end up dying. It's a lot of the time. Yeah. 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 Over, over silly things. Ian, it's been, it's been fantastic having you on the show here. I think we could talk all, all night here, but uh, gotta let you go at at some point so you can get back to, get back to your regular life. You've been, yeah, make, make more videos. You've been, uh, you've been crazy busy. So uh, tell, tell our listeners where they can uh, hear more about you and uh, check out your stuff. So I'm on YouTube at uh, Runkle, which is R-U-N-K-L-E. I know it's a really awkward, strange name of the Bailey. Um, a lot of videos I've lost track as to how many I've got posted, uh, but I just ticked over 2 million views. So um, check hey. it out. That's something. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. awesome. awesome. Cool. Well, thanks for again for coming on the show and uh, giving us some of the ins and outs about uh, C21. Thank you. And it's a pleasure anytime. Seriously. All right. Thanks, Ian. Bye. Okay. All right. Do we have anything on Facebook to talk about? Uh, no, just uh, Doug Roddenbush joined us a little late. He wanted to know if there was a link for the uh, the Supreme Court of Canada yes. video that Ian was speaking about. I actually tried to look it up while you guys were talking, but I couldn't find it. So I'll have to do that afterwards unless you found cool. it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, that's about it. Cool. All right. So we've been kind of answering Facebook as we've been going along. Oh, let's... Yeah. Uh, Listener Feedback is sponsored by Armory DC Gunsmith. Armory DC Gunsmith is a full-service gunsmith who specializes in firearms refinishing. He offers hot pluing, parkerizing, Cerakote finishes, as well as wood and steel refinishing. Check out his online inventory of new and used guns, firearms accessories, optics, and more at dcgunsmith.ca. So we've been doing the Facebooks as we've been going along. Yeah, and we don't have any new emails. Although, well, we did. Technically, we got emails, but everybody was asking for my chili recipe, so I sent them to them. And then I also sent them to them on Facebook Messenger as well. You're like, no one asked for your chili recipe. Seriously, there were. There people <laughs> that asked for it. I sent it out to them. No one asked yep. for my chili recipe. I don't have a chili recipe. Don't email. Don't ask. I don't have a chili recipe. <laughs> Even if I had one, you wouldn't want it. It would be weird. No, uh, no, if yeah. you want to email the show and ask for my weird chili recipe, send an email <laughs> over to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Or you could ask for Kelly's. It'll probably be edible if that's your thing. Well, okay. Sure. <laughs> Podcast app reviews. We have one on Facebook. This one's from Graham. 
this is a great podcast for Canadian firearms owners. The fact that they can come up with so much content speaks to how active and interesting the Canadian gun culture, community, and industry are. If you have any interesting in, any interest in guns, news, shooting sports, or just casual banter, this is the show for you. The hosts and their guests are the cream of the crop for education, entertainment, and advocacy for Canadians. And the audio levels are good now, too. <laughs> Here's a <laughs> shout-out to my fellow Gunnies, since this review is being read on the show right now. P.S. Mm-hmm. Support the CCFR early and often. Yep. it's awesome. Indeed. Patreon supporters, uh, mm-hmm. if you'd like to help support the show, head on over to patreon.com slash radio and uh, sign up. We'll send you a patch and a sticker. And if we haven't sent you a patch and a sticker, email the show and we'll send you one. Mm-hmm. Kelly, do you have any shout outs? Uh, nope. I'm good. I, I can't think of anything. I don't right know now. if I if I can shout out the person I met and talked to because I'm not I'm not sure if they'd be cool with uh, me saying their name on the show, but we'll just shout out to that person. Out. Okay. And yeah. you know what? I'm gonna give a shout out to Ian because he did something and he cared and he made a call and he followed up and he's making a difference. That's, Definitely. That's it. Uh, finally, check us out on Gunners of Canada. Like us on Facebook. Review us on Facebook. And uh, join the CCFR. See you yeah. next week. Bye, everybody. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over. Time to get a gun